Hello and welcome to That Film Stew. I'm Luke. And I'm Jason. This is our movie show where we bring you the latest movie and TV news. Is this our first movie show for 2019? It is. Luckily, the news does go pretty quiet over the Christmas period, but it has kicked back into gear and some of it is huge news. Originally, this show was going to be a week from now. Right. I had to bring it forward. Purely because I know there's one story in particular. Oh, what could that be? <laughs> um, but as always, um, we're starting with trailer talk, and it's a trailer that may or may not spoil the ending for Avengers Infinity War or Endgame. You know what? I'm not even really sure anymore. I'm that confused with this whole situation. Trailer talk. We're talking about Spider-Man Far From Home. Right. I think we knew. We I all, mean, come no, on, people. I mean, like, we knew that Spider-Man was okay. It's a weird situation. Like, we know he comes back. We know he had a movie. We know this is apparently set immediately after Avengers Endgame. We talked about it on our review of Infinity War. All the characters that disappeared just had big movies at the box office. Yeah, they're coming back. We all know. We all know. Okay, so that aside, it's just weird because, like, mechanically, he his character is dead. There are characters in this trailer who are also dead, dusted. So it is odd to have a trailer come out, and I understand it's like, it's a business, they've got to market their property, they've got to get it out there, but whatever. So the trailer. Let me just tell you how I feel about it. <laughs> I don't care. Fair enough. Because we know Spider-Man's okay, we yeah. know all these characters are okay, it's going to continue. I mean, you're right, you're right. Just let me be upset. No, just no, let me don't be, be upset, but... I thought I would be where you are, but I'm I just thought not. they would have. I just thought they would have come up with a more creative way of marketing, and I was curious to see what they could come up with something you know interesting. But it is just a trailer, like it's any other movie. It's like when James Wan was talking about Aquaman, and he was being asked about how the characters are going to communicate underwater, and he's like, "I've got it figured out. Just wait till you see it." <laughs> and he's like, "Oh, they're just going to talk as if they're not underwater." So that's kind of the approach to this trailer. They didn't explain anything. It's just. Here you go, Spider-Man, far from home. He's okay now. Yeah. Look, what we get in this... So Peter's going on a like a, a field, an extensive field trip with... Once again, with, they're taking him out of New York. Yeah. Again, like they seem like they're doing everything possible to make this a very different Spider-Man movie from the one that we've seen before. So I guess taking away New York is that major factor. You do get a lot of like his classmates from like that little like, group. That, the Was it the... Athletics or whatever he was yeah, in. Yes, so you've got MJ. She's back. Looks to be having uh, Zendaya. That's yeah. the actress looking to have a, a bigger role in this one. They're getting their flirt on. Actually, speaking on the flirt on, the Aunt May and uh, Happy. Yeah, I didn't see that coming. I mean, that's a thing, I suppose. In it, I mean, yeah, it's a weird trailer. Like it starts off very. Oh, I'm not. I'm not really sure what I'm seeing. But then by the end, when you get to Mysterio. I'm all on board. Like, it looks fun, wacky, and crazy. It was doing nothing for me until we see Nick Fury. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, Nick Fury. And, you know, we, we talked about this, how I don't feel that strong of a connection to Tom Holland as Spider-Man. Now, I think he is great in the role. I'm just not too excited about his solo film. So I'm watching this trailer. It opens. It looks pretty interesting. Like you say, we've got the supporting cast from Homecoming. And then we see Nick Fury, and then it feels more like a, an MCU film. And that's the pull for you. That is the pull. I'm hoping that turns around for you with this one. Like, I hope we get some good stuff. I'm still going to watch it, and no doubt, like Homecoming, I'll enjoy it. But I'm not feeling the excitement going into it. So Jake Gyllenhaal? He looks great as Mysterio. And I was so glad, towards the end of the trailer, he's got the fishbowl helmet. Yeah. Perfect. 
I mean, he looks just like Mysterio. I mean, I want to know how they explain the look of it, but I mean, he, he is his character is supposed to be like theatrical and over the top, so it already kind of works. It, there's a, there's a logic to it. We get Hydro Man in this trailer, yeah, or is it just an illusion though? That's the question mark. Is ah, he really in it? I mean, there was one shot where he looked a bit muddy and you could say Sandy, and I was almost like... I don't think they're doing I was that like, again. Oh, no, nah, but I don't think they're doing Sandman. It definitely was Let's a... Let's leave Sandman in Spider-Man 3. <laughs> it was definitely either a Hydro-Man or, like you said, an illusion of of a Hydro-Man type. These movies are always going to have people speculating. There's rumours. Have you heard the one about Nick Fury? No, obviously not. Well, the rumour is that it's actually Mysterio. Oh, so Nick in the Fury. film, you've got Spider-Man thinking that he's working for Nick Fury when, in reality, he's got Mysterio pulling his strings. Just a rumour. Might not be the case. Whoa. But it's interesting. But either way, seeing Fury, the look of Mysterio does have me excited. Right. But if it was just Spider-Man, maybe not as much. It's time for movie news. But it's also kind of still trailer talk. I just wanted this to be the first news story. Of course, and I'll let you have it. Ghostbusters' Jason Reitman is set to direct an all-new Ghostbusters film set for release in 2020. Now, there's a little bit more detail to that that you should probably... (laughs) So, a new Ghostbusters film? What does that mean? If the name Reitman sounds familiar, he is the son of Ivan Reitman. Who is, of course, the... The director of the original... I'm getting there. Yeah, the yeah. Di- <laughs> okay. Just get it out of me. He's the director of the first two original Ghostbusters movies. In fact, the party scene at the beginning of Ghostbusters 2, Jason Reitman is actually in the movie as one of the kids. Ah, oh, true that. It's one of the kids. He's one of the kids at the party. Wow. He was a kid. He's an adult oh, now. But yes, he was a, exactly he was a kid in the, late, in the late 80s. Sure. But it's really interesting. I've been reading so much on this, and I really like this, this aspect. Jason Reitman refers to himself as the first Ghostbusters fan. Ah, he may as well. He might. When he was a kid, he, might be. he was on the set and he was like mesmerized by everything that he was seeing, all these practical effects. You had these, you know, the top comedic actors of the time. And he's there as this kid, like excited about what he was seeing uh, in front of him. And then all these years later, he's making a direct sequel. So we are getting Ghostbusters 3. No connection whatsoever with Paul Feig's. Ghostbusters. I mean, this is this is the best type of Ghostbusters news I think you can get. And I know we have different opinions on that on that 2016 movie, was it? Um, I, I watch it as a film and enjoy it. Yeah. But you can't compare it to that 84 original. But I'm definitely glad that if they had to make more Ghostbusters that it is connected to that f- the, the or first two as it should be. And I think maybe we can just let that other one go. Now we'd have to let it go. It's just it's all it's always going to be there. We could just let it go. No, I'm I'm a big be. fan it's, it's of gone. Ghostbusters, not just in the movies, but also like the comic books, yeah, like the monthly books that come out comic through IDW, not yeah, IDW Publishing. So I I pick up those books, and they've had storylines in there where the different Ghostbusters from different realities do meet. So they've proven a way of having them coexisting together, but I'm happy for. 2016 to be its own thing and, just and then for these for yeah. Jason Reitman to come in this is, and continue the story this is really exciting let's though. talk about the teaser so day one the film's announced day two teaser trailer I mean these are exciting times when you when you I mean you sent it 
I did to me straight in my inbox straight away and as I soon was, as I saw it I'm like shit with Jason and I was like no I mean you had to say like this is real I was like no it's not it couldn't be real like it says 2020 I use capital letters it says next year <laughs> like that's too soon but it's it's happening so they've been making it in secret and, and you know and watching a bit of the behind the scenes of that teaser because you get the you know the coming soon and it's got it's got the year that was actually a stencil a practical effect just for the, the wording in the trailer <laughs> wow like that's that's I guess Reitman showing how committed he is to honouring what's come before, yeah, cool. and that he's not going to be overly relying on CGI. I'm really excited for this. The the teaser trailer you've got you've got the farm, it's glowing green. There's a tarp over what we finally get to have revealed as being the Ecto One. Yep, and it's got the original Elmer Bernstein music that was lifted from the library scene of that first movie. Magical. Just You've magical. got the the effects from the the proton wand, and oh man, it, there's just so much going on in that like one minute trailer. And we know that the reason why Ghostbusters were in the movie, they was able to go into business for themselves in the first place, is because Ray sold the home that his parents left for him. Like oh, he inherited yeah. the house, and then he sold it, and that's how he financed the business. So my thoughts on this is that you know they've been Ghostbusting for how many years? They've retired. And he's gone and bought the family home back. I heard a rumor that this movie might involve like a group of kids or something. They're talking about the. And there's many speculations around this, but teenage recruits. Right. So obviously you have the originals, well, three remaining originals. Obviously, in a way, passing the torch. Or it kind of sounds training, like recruiting. Extreme Ghostbusters. Remember yeah. the animated yeah, series? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Egon stayed, so maybe it's Ray. That's going to stay. Yeah. But either way, we're getting a continuation of that story. I love it. Yes, it's, it's set in the same world. It's all it's all music to my ears. I love it. What a way to start the show. Oh. First movie show of 2019, and we're talking about a brand new Ghostbusters that is due next year. I thought you were going to say we're talking Spider-Man and Ghostbusters, but, you know, like our two favourite things. But you know what? Both <laughs> Sony. That's this true. This is a good start to the year for Sony. All right. Let's talk The Witches. You know, that Roll Doll Love that book, movie. That movie Love with the Angelica book. Houston. Love the movie. 100% are on Tomatoes. That's a fact. That's, got, that's a fact. Unless it's changed in the past I'm really three months. I'm really glad that I didn't use that as trivia for the end of the podcast. All right. Then. I mean, I haven't, but yeah, that is, <laughs> that is a really good bit of trivia. Anne Hathaway has closed a deal to star as the Grand High Witch in Robert Zemecki's The Witch's Adaptation. Of course, in the original movie played by Angelica Houston. Yes. And it was on TV the other day. It was. And that was... Watching I watched her in it, and I'm like, gosh, she's so attractive in this. Oddly, when when she's like, got, when she's the looking face? like her, when no, she has no the when face? she's got the witch face, when she's looking, no, like when her. she has the human face, yeah, yeah, when she looks like Angelica Houston, yeah, she's. I mean, she yeah, she's pretty pretty hot. I always had a thing for like you know that blonde witch that turns out to oh, be oh the good witch, the one that ends up being the good one, yeah, I look crush on her, she's like you know in the book, Luke the ma- Luke the boy yeah. stays a mouse. Luke. I know. I know. There's, there's no cure for him. But in, in the movie, they gave yeah. him a happy ending and he transforms back into a boy. Oh, I always true. found cool that when he's the mouse, he lives in the Ghostbusters firehouse. Yeah. Always love that. That would have been a cool little segue. Wouldn't it? Wouldn't it? Let's talk Venom. <laughs> Venom 2. Officially, as officially confirmed, a sequel is on the way. I'm out. Original <laughs> screenwriter Kelly Marcel will return to write the follow up. I watched Venom at the weekend. So, of course, Again, I watched it on time. the big screen. We did a review. But, yeah, I watched it for the second time. So, I rented it from iTunes. And as I'm watching it, I'm finding myself really enjoying it. 
And then I'm thinking, why is there such a big disconnect here? Because I really didn't like the movie. And I'm still watching it and watching it. I'm still enjoying it. And I'm probably 40 minutes into it. And then I realized why the movie loses me. I'm really enjoying Tom Hardy in this. When he goes full Venom, that's where the movie stops me. <laughs> so when Venom becomes Venom, the movie when becomes... When he's just Tom Hardy and we've seen aspects of him and you know the way that Hardy is playing Brock, I'm really liking it. Mm. But as soon as it's just big CGI Venom, that it just loses me. And then you've got the big fight with Riot and the movie, it just falls off the deep end. And I found with films, it's always that what you're left with at the end. Like you don't remember, oh, but I really enjoyed that bit in the beginning. Yeah, so my memory true. walking away from Venom is like, you know, the last hour, I just didn't enjoy it. Yeah, true. And I was shocked at the runtime. Watching it on iTunes. It's like 85 minutes or something. It's like 90 minutes. 90, yeah. But the, the full runtime was like 152 minutes. But that was 22 minutes of end credits. But then they also had the Into the Spider-Verse clip and the... There the wasn't twenty. Did you say twenty-two minutes. Of it's end about credit twenty-two minutes of end credits. Of end credits, because the runtime on iTunes was, I think, one hundred and fifty-two minutes. Yeah, and then, yeah, about an hour and a half. The movie finished. End tiles. One hundred and fifty-two minutes. Yeah, that's two hours and twenty minutes. Then it's not that long. <laughs> and then, I've, I've, I've but it did work out that it was. It looked to be just short of two hours, but the movie itself is an hour and a half. And they were just sitting through all those end credits. Wow. It was really long, but I think that Into the Spider-Verse clip must have gone for about eight minutes. That was pretty long. It was pretty long, wasn't it? So Venom 2... <laughs> what the, the point being? Are we watching it? Venom is a 90-minute movie. I, it's mental. I, honestly, I thought I was in that cinema for two hours. But then again, I did wait until the end credits. That's so. true, yes. <laughs> So, are we watching Venom 2? Are you watching it? Am I watching it? We'll watch it. We'll review. We'll do Will a review, we? no doubt. I don't know. I don't know. That Let might... us know, people. Do you want us to talk about Venom 2? I got lost on my there. But point, I hear nothing. But, you... point being... Are you screaming yes into the is... microphone? Into... We get a lot of end credits on that movie. <laughs> Justice League versus The Fatal Five. Now, this we're talking animated here. Um, so, the upcoming animated movie... Sorry. One hour... 52 minutes not 152 minutes that was venom that makes a bit more yeah, yeah 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 that's where i went wrong because i'm thinking i definitely saw 152 that is 20 minutes of like it is credits and it is post-credit anyway so justice league versus the fatal five has set its voice cast uh the story centers on the justice league battling a group of time traveling villains who are in search of green lantern jessica cruz we've got elias gable uh voicing Starboy. Diane Guerrero, uh, starring as Jessica Cruz of Green Lantern. I want to stop you there. Oh, okay. When they first announced this project, it just sounded vanilla, plain. I had no interest. And then they dropped the bombshell of all casting. Continue. Which would be this, I imagine. Batman, Superman and Wonder Woman are going to be voiced by DC veterans who work together on Justice League and Justice League Unlimited animated series. So yes, Kevin Conroy will be reprising his role as the Batman. Susan Eisenberg once again voices Wonder Woman, um, while George Newbern rounds out the Justice League as Superman. So we're not getting a continuation of the Bruce Tim animated series. But we are getting these voices. But this these... is like a... Justice League TV movie. It's a little essentially. reunion. Yeah, that's very cool. And you mentioned Diane Guerrero back there. She's been cast as Crazy Jane in the live-action Doom Patrol TV series. Oh, right. 
So this this movie is this part of this is just a standalone animated feature. It's a standalone movie, but it's gonna have the, the animation style and the voices of the animated series. Okay. So it's not connected to the Death of Superman or any of those New Fifty Two continuity of films. It's it's gonna be its own thing. Okay. And another DC animated movie that's gonna be its own thing. We're getting the classic Superman story, Red Sun. That's said to be the next Elseworlds story that will be adapted into an animated film. So that's the story of Superman. Instead of landing in America, he lands in Russia. <laughs> and he grows up to be a bad guy. They're doing a loose adaption on this at the moment in the latest season of Supergirl. But instead oh, of Superman, okay. obviously, it's Supergirl. Russian Supergirl. But it's a clone or a duplicate or oh, something. Sure. But we're kind of getting Red Sun on Supergirl. There's only been one little bit of casting for Red Sun so far. Dietrich Bader has been confirmed to be among the cast, but we don't know who he's playing yet. Okay. And if you're looking for his connection to previous DC projects, he voiced Batman in Batman Brave and the Bold. Well, does Batman play a role in this story? He does. Yeah. Well, maybe. maybe It'd be weird it. if they use his Batman, though. But yeah, I I'd, I'd be into it. Yeah, true, yeah. Oh, yeah, true, yeah, yeah. That would be a weird... Yeah, Batman's <laughs> in it. That would be a weird Batman. <laughs> Wonder Woman's in it. So you do get the other Justice League members, as well as Superman. Sure. But it's his story. All right, Mission Impossible and the many, many sequels. Uh, Christopher McQuarrie will direct the next two installments um, of the Mission Impossible franchise. So we've got one 2021 and 2022, and apparently they're shooting them back-to-back as well. Now, Christopher McQuarrie, I know he did the most recent one. He did the most recent two. The most recent two. He was the first director to ever come back a second time. And now That's, he's doing... That was a fact I remember. And we, now he's doing yes. four consecutive movies. So he did Rogue Nation, Fallout, and now these two. Right. And now, are you... I mean, you were pleased with, with Fallout. Of the move, my number one movie of 2018. I mean, yeah, you were quite pleased. So are you liking that they're just sticking with him? Or would you want them to go back I mean, these, to mixing these, up the flavours with different No, I mean, directors? these guys clearly work well together. I mean... That Fallout for me is just such a fantastic movie. The reason why Macquarie signed on for that second Mission Impossible film in the first place, the only way he would do it is if he could approach it like a different filmmaker. Okay. So like you mentioned, all the different directors that had come before, he didn't want to take the same approach that he had with Rogue Nation because he wanted it still to feel different. Although Every movie if you ask, to be, yeah, a different flavour. Yeah, it still have a different flavour, but I do feel as though Rogue Nation and Fallout are very samey. In a good way, though. I really like them. Yeah. So whether or not they're going to try and change it up again and try and give a different spin. Because if you look at that first Mission Impossible, you know, it's like it's a, you know, Brian De Palma. It's, yeah. You know, it's a thriller, action movie, drama. It's got like all these subtle nuances. And then the second one, John Woo. <laughs> like, yeah, just... You just couldn't get any different. But either way, I'm happy that he's on board. And even more so, we're getting more... Mission Impossible movies. So what will this be? Six and seven? Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Six and seven. We've got some casting news for Jumanji Into the Jungle. I've literally just read ahead and what? <laughs> yeah. Danny DeVito. What? He's in there. Aquafina. She's in there. What? And Danny Glover. So they are set to join Dwayne Johnson, Jack Black, and Kevin Hart, Cameron Gillan in the sequel. So they're all back, definitely. And I rewatched yeah. this again recently and loved it just as much the second time. It was really fun. It was the surprise. It caught hit. both of us and I think a lot more people off guard. Like he's a really fun movie. Yeah. Jack Black playing a teenage girl. Hilarious. <laughs> I mean, don't we all so want to play a teenage girl? There's so much girl. comedy. 
Uh, but yeah, man, Danny. I don't know what you mean by that. But okay. okay. <laughs> Danny DeVito, Aquafina, Danny Glover. Like, so they're going a bit older with the car. Is Aquafina? I just, oh no, she's young. She's young, right? She's young. Yeah, she was just in Crazy Rich Asian. She did Ocean's Eight. I can't name. I know the else. one now. I know the one. I was there pretending like I knew. So, she, so, so she's younger. But I don't know what they're doing. Like, are we getting a video game again? I don't know what's. I, I mean, hope I guess, they do mix it up again and do something. But if the rocks back. And everyone else is mm. back. Then, because they're, the, they're the avatars. Unless the avatars sort of transfer through the game into some other sort of medium. Oh, they're just oh, gonna do. They're like, just gonna do the same thing again, aren't they? I mean, I would like it if they if they change it up. But then it was a really fun movie. Yeah. What would it be like? What's the next step? So they've done board games, video games. I don't know. What's like real game? Like. I, what about LARPing? <laughs> Live action role play? I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I don't know where they're going. Real? <laughs> I, well, it is, but yeah. they could sort of like imagine each other. Was there. I don't know. I don't know. But that's it. That's all the news. <laughs> I just had some casting news. Um, We've got no plot details. Fair enough. So I'm going to talk about Barbie then. Because why not? Margot Robbie will officially play Barbie in the first live action movie Based on your favourite doll. I was really debating, do I include this story? But I, I thought, think you know what, I'll chuck it in there. It's, it's, interesting. Pop, it's pop culture. And at one point, it was going to be Amy Schumer. Remember when she'd been yeah, cast and then she dropped out? And... I think Margot Robbie gives this, uh, I guess, this product a little bit more credit than... Well, I think if you're casting Amy Schumer, you can't help but think they're going in a comedic... It would have been a direction. spin on, like, Barbie the you know with themes to do with body image and stuff like that where i think with margot robbie i think they're literally making a barbie movie like yeah. barbie the way she is I mean, not to say that margot robbie is like a barbie doll but she's thin blonde and i mean all i can say is that's all we know at this stage but don't expect a review <laughs> we're not going to sit down for an hour and dissect barbie disney is moving forward with a live action remake of the hunchback of notre dame Josh Gad will produce the film with original music from Alan Menken and Steven Schwartz. So Disney are just continuing to remake their own stuff. I had to tell you something. I don't know if I've told you my top three animated <laughs> Disney films. It's Quasimodo in there. The Lion King, yeah. Aladdin, The Hunchback of Notre Dame is number three. Oh, right. I thought you were working your way up to number one. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. The, wow. music, the music in The Hunchback of Notre Dame is amazing. I mean, the story's pretty good. Like, I enjoy it. There's like a nice... There's nice messages there. I've been waiting waiting for, if not Disney, someone to do a, a Hunchback movie. You know? Do you think Josh Gad voices Quasimodo as well? At this time, there's no casting. He's only producing. Wasn't Josh Gad in The Lion King? He's um, no, no, like Olaf in, the... in Frozen. Oh. In yeah, yeah. No, wasn't he in... He was in Beauty and the Beast, I mean. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So has he... He can't be in both. Has he done? Okay. Can he? I mean, what did he do? What did he? Are watch? these movies connected? Like I, I don't know. I don't know. This is just Disney making money, <laughs> <laughs> printing money. Eddie Murphy wants to also print money um, with a sequel to Coming to America. Um, Coming to America too. It's on its way. Now I say he just wants to he print money. He shall have my money. He shall have it. I will have it. I kind of had to dig it in there. This but... is a, this is a a great Eddie Murphy movie. Coming to America is fantastic. Yeah, to, I agree. To get a sequel, especially after all this time. Um, and it's from the era as well Beverly Hills Cop Trading Places Coming to America Eddie Murphy, Murphy was like 
Up there, Bush man. is doing it. And he's been gone for a very long time. He came back a couple of years ago, made a low-budget drama, Mr. Church, which didn't get a yeah. release in Australia, so I've not yet seen it. But outside of that, we'd had nothing except for Daddy Daycare, that Pluto... Was it Pluto, Pluto Nash? Nash? Yeah. <laughs> Meet Dave. I mean, it was all, all that kind of stuff. Oh, Daddy Daycare was pretty fun, though. But that was okay. Yeah, was that was okay. okay. But we're getting a sequel to this movie. James Earl Jones has to come back. I heard that there's... It's the same, like, production team. Or, like, they're trying to get as many as they can. So, like, writers, directors, all that. Everyone's coming back. So, hopefully, they get as oh, many of the cast. James Earl Jones is coming back, yeah. as well as Arsenio Hall. He's also coming back. True that. So, it's a, it sounds like it's a proper coming to America reunion. And, hopefully... This movie is successful, not just, you know, you know. obviously we want all movies to be great, but give us a good sequel and let this be the launching pad for Eddie Murphy to come He's back come properly. Back. I'd love for him to come back. What I, you... Out of anybody that's, you know, been in the limelight and, and faded away, he's the one that I'd most like to come back. Come on, Eddie, do a Netflix special. Come on, <laughs> like, do a new stand-up. Like Delirious Raw. They're from the 80s. They were so many years ago. I really would like him to be back, and this could be it. Hopefully it's not just, it comes out, it disappears, and we all forget about it, and it wasn't very good. Hopefully this is something... A lot of people know coming to America, yeah. so hopefully there's enough brand awareness that people just go out and see it. The Wrong Missy doesn't sound like a good or interesting yeah, title. what the hell are you talking about? But there's a reason why <laughs> I, I put this uh, on the show. Tyler Spindell is attached to direct The David Spade, starring comedy The Wrong Missy for Netflix and Happy Madison Productions. Oh, so now you know so why it's here. Why, you know, yeah. I'm a big supporter of Happy Madison, Adam Sandler, David Spade, all those guys. Spade will play Tim Morris, who meets his dream girl and invites her to his company's corporate retreat. But when a crazy blind date from his past shows up for the weekend getaway, Morris learns too late that he was accidentally texting the wrong girl. I've got to be honest, doesn't sound great, but I will always watch <laughs> well, and support a Happy Madison production. Sometimes the simplest of premises or plots or whatever can be something, That's true. Huge, That's true. Can be something amazing. Though. And I do like Spade, and he's the lead in this. Yeah. We'll probably <laughs> we'll do a review. It's ticking all our boxes. Netflix, tick. I Happy think Madison, tick. Maybe this year we'll just do reviews that we don't have to pay for. <laughs> Yeah, all Happy Madison all the time. <laughs> we'll just become a Netflix podcast. Oh, that's it. We could do that. Can we? Is there time? It's a new year. To officially could... rebrand as a Netflix podcast. Yeah, we can call it that Netflix, Netflix stew. stew. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> sort of done. Expect a name change next week. Um, new Line Cinema. Well, not New Line Cinema. New Line. Are they called New Line Cinema? Yeah. Is that a thing? It is. That's the name of the studio. Very good. A division of Warner Brothers. Ah, oh, you know all the facts. Well, there is. I will tell you. Shut up. The transition <laughs> from Warner Brothers to New Line is my favorite movie logo. Anyway, go on. Why is that? You know the animation at the beginning. Yeah. I just, I oh, it's just how it looks. Such a great visual. Very strange. New Line is restarting its final destination horror franchise. Um, they're hiring Patrick Melton and Marcus Dunstan to write the script. Do you know who they are? Uh, yeah, they did Saw. They're the Saw guys. Yeah, alright, we'll just go with that. That works. The first movie set up the concept. A character has a premonition of a horrific and deadly event. Um, they cheat. 
They cheat his or her own death and save several other lives in the process, only to have death as a personified but unstoppable force come for the survivors one by one. Those first two films... Solid. Really good. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Honestly, like, I, that first Three... one is great with the... With the plane, but yeah, like, like the sequel is really. They well. actually resolved, you know, they they solved the problem. The second one bounced off that first one. Yeah, and it was a continuation. And then they kind of get a bit free and loose. Was it three or four? Three's the roller coaster. Four was. That's that's the, was, that's the the three D one, isn't it? Number four. So this would be. I think so. This would be like five, or if they're gonna do like a Stone Cold reboot. Which one was again. the escalator one? Was that the fifth one? Fifth. I thought there were four. No, there's five. Oh, is there? Yeah. I maybe haven't seen them all. There was like, there was Final Destination 3 and then like The Final Destination and then oh, Final Destination yes, or something. that's right. Can you remember Devon Sawyer when he made movies? He was in the first Final Destination. He was in Idle Hands. He was really yeah. good. Yeah. And oh, he man. played... Where did he go? He played Human Casper in that Casper movie when he's dancing with Christina Ricci at the end. That's him. Wow. I used yeah, to he like gone. his work. <laughs> Maybe he'll <laughs> be back. Close eye. Maybe he can play the, um, you know, the like the morgue guy, the creepy guy. Play Uh oh, in the movies was played by Tony Todd, and I always liked that they played a bit free and loose, at least in the earlier ones. Like, was he actually dead? Yeah, like, like who was he? he was he, he helping like, them? Was he just exposition man? Bit of both. <laughs> but it's a bit of mystery, and oh, and Tony Todd, what a voice! So that I liked that. Some more Final Destination. Yeah, sounds good. I mean, in a world of reboots and remakes, this is one that I'm happy to see done again. It's a great concept. Yeah, I think they, they probably look at it and go, look at the franchise and go, look, we're just churning out. If we were to continue, we'll just churn out the same rubbish. Let's bring it back to the start. Let's do it again and see if we can make a really good film out of it. And that's it for movie news. Let's go straight into TV news. Luke Wilson has joined Stargirl. That's the new DC Universe show. He will be playing Stripe, the stepfather <laughs> and sidekick to Stargirl herself. I thought that said he'll be playing a stripper. So you've got Luke Wilson. <laughs> so his character used to be a young sidekick and worked with the Justice Society of America. And why I'm excited about the Stargirl show is because the more I hear about it and based on the casting, they are making a JSA show, but they're going to have the focus be Stargirl. Okay. And Luke Wilson, like he's someone that I've not seen too much of lately, so it'd be good to see him in here. They seem to be getting really good cast for these DC Universe shows. Like over on Doom Patrol, we've got Timothy Dalton, Brendan Fraser. There's a type of actor they're clearly going for. And I guess they're also actors like of a high caliber from From yesteryear. From yesteryear, like, yeah. Recognizable, good at what they do, but they can get they them haven't on a been TV busy budget. recently, yeah, but they can grab them now. But yeah, Stargirl sounds, yeah, sounds pretty cool. All right, well, there's Batwoman as well. The CW has given a pilot order to a new spin on Batwoman starring Ruby Rose. Um, the latest iteration of Batwoman, a.k.a. Kate Kane, is described as an out lesbian and highly trained fighter who has no trouble speaking her mind. She's pressed into service as a crime fighter as mayhem overruns Gotham although Kane has to overcome her own demons before she can save the city. Ooh, she sounds layered. Now, <laughs> she's got a lot going on. She's like an onion. She's, <laughs> you you experienced, saw her, yeah, got I, exposed to the I Batwoman. I watched the DC CW crossover, the three-part crossover, and watched were, it and enjoyed it. And you were on board with her? And yeah, yeah she take. was really good in, in Elseworlds. Yeah, I, I really liked her. I thought she brought a lot to the role. Like It's going to be good seeing her in, a home, in her own show and seeing more of her. Yep. But the costume looked great. They need to spend a bit more on the red 
the red wig looked a bit cheap. <laughs> maybe in her own show, they might have Maybe they'll stretch the budget. But, but the costume itself, pitch perfect for the comics. Like It was a really good costume. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited about this. Hopefully she gets a full season, whereas at the <laughs> moment, she's got a pilot. Vision and the Scarlet Witch. So these are two characters from the Marvel Cinematic Universe that are coming to the Disney Plus streaming service. And this is one show, is it? So it's one show, together. so it's them two together, and just like with the Falcon and Bucky TV series, and Loki as well, we're looking at around eight episodes per series, so almost like mini-events, or like a mini-series. Yeah. So they're not, we're we not going to get like 22 episodes. And we discussed that We discussed that previously, where we're like, by doing that, we might get a bit more production budget to it as well, it's smaller, just like a long movie in a way. And this is looking to premiere this year. That's exciting. So that's Disney Plus in the US. Now, here in Australia, Stan have got this big deal with Disney where they've got all their TV films. Yeah, I wonder if that's so where I can't help but think that just like the the DC Universe streaming shows seem to be released on Netflix in Australia or internationally, maybe that's what Disney are going to do with Stan. I'd say I'm going to have to cancel Netflix and get Stan instead. Do both. Do both. Can't you need. Afford. You Can't need afford. to. Well, if you can only have one, keep <laughs> keep Netflix. You can stay up to date with your DC. But on the Vision and Scarlet Witch, the screenwriter of Captain Marvel will serve as showrunner with Paul Bettany and Elizabeth Olsen returning in their respective roles. Now, so it's canon to the movies. Do you reckon this will be post Avengers Endgame? So obviously they come back. Or do you reckon this could be their antics in Scotland? <laughs> I, don't, I don't. need. I don't need that. <laughs> They're just. I don't need that. They go on like a little mission. On the streets of Edinburgh. I think Marvel are just planning things after Infinity War and just not really caring. You know, like we talked about with Because they've got their, they got their business machine. We all know the characters are coming back. Yeah. And that's... Yeah, I don't, I don't want to get into that Infinity War conversation again. You know, the whole how it left me feeling empty. I'm more wanted to end. just bring up their big, antics an, in big Scotland. anti-climax. What are they doing? You know, what are they, doing? Oh, they gave us half a movie. Now I need to wait for Endgame uh, to finish that movie. Star Trek. The Star Trek Discovery spin-off, in fact. Uh, Michelle Yao uh, will take her Discovery character to a new live-action series focused on her character, Philippa Giorgio's current role as member of Starfleet's Section 31 Division, a Black Ops shadow organisation within the Federation. Now, I'm I into it. I read that pretending like I knew <laughs> what I was saying. You did it well. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm into it. I really like Star Trek Discovery. I've not started Season 2 yet. But really enjoyed that first season, and all this Star Trek news is just getting me excited. Like we, it's coming. Well, we're getting more and more of it. We've got the Picard show towards the end of the year. Now we're getting the Section Thirty One show. Yeah, more Star Trek. It's not a bad thing. It's not. A it's bad very thing. much a good thing. Okay, recommend. We always like to close out the show by recommending something. Yeah, I'll let you go first. I'm gonna recommend the girliest thing I've watched in a really long time. Okay. Uh, this can be for the ladies or for the boys, if you guys are keen as well. Look, I watched this because... I will tell you the title in a second. I watched this because the wife was like, let's check it out. I said yes, because the girl in it was really pretty. It's pretty good. We're halfway through, but I'm, I'm invested. The show is called You. It's on Netflix. I've heard a lot of, a lot of people are talking about this show. It's creepy. It's weird. Um, there's a guy... He might have been in Gossip Girl. I don't know. Um, he's very... He's like intense stalker level kind of crazy um 
he loves this. He's in love with this girl, played by Elizabeth Elizabeth Lale. I think that's how you say her name. Um, and she's just, you know, she's a good-looking chick. She's getting around town. She's trying to be a, a writer. I mean, he kills a guy. Like, it gets crazy. <laughs> like, it gets crazy. Check it out. If you've got Netflix and you haven't deleted your subscription to get Stan to watch all the Disney stuff, check it out. That's all I've got. And I'm going to recommend Young Justice. Not the new animated series. We're still waiting for that. Mm-hmm. So hopefully, Netflix, if you're listening, <laughs> please stream Young Justice Outsiders when you get it. Otherwise, but, we're going to stand, man. Like, come on. I'm recommending <laughs> Young Justice, the comic book. Now, when this oh. the comic first came out years ago, uh, the main run was written by Peter David. Really enjoyed that run. Now, Young Justice is back. They brought all the original characters back. It's written by Brian Michael Mendes with art by Pat Gleason. We're just one issue in so far, but it's just, it's a lot of fun. We're getting the classic Tim Drake Robin, Connor Kent Superboy is back. We're getting a lot of characters and versions of characters that we've not seen in a while. You know, DC did the whole New 52 and then DC Rebirth. There's been all these reboots, relaunches, but now they just seem to be giving us characters as we know them, which, you know, that, you know, from my, you know, speaking for myself, that's what I want. There's characters that I like for whatever reasons. And they've changed those characters over the years. But now they're bringing the characters back to the classic versions of the characters. And the book's a good read. And we will close out the show with some trivia. And I'm glad that we spent a bit of time talking about coming to America. Oh. Because that's the trivia I have. Oh. Now, this is a good or bad thing. But we have coming to America to thank... But Eddie Murphy playing multiple roles in his movies as this film was the first time. Oh, true that. It had not happened before. How many coming characters to does he play in this? Oh, maybe three. He's the guy in the barbershop. He's, yeah, it's been a while since It's I've mainly seen it. the barbershop scene, though, isn't it? Like yeah, all those guys yeah. in there, yeah. Yeah, but it's, but it's the first time that he plays multiple roles in a film. The homeless men that received the money from Prince Akeem are the Duke brothers from Trading Places. This is something that I've always known and recognised as a kid. And both Trading Places and Coming to America were directed by John Landis. In that movie, Billy Ray Valentine, played by Murphy, was responsible for the Dukes losing their fortune. So in Trading Places, they got all the money, they lose it, and then you see them homeless in Coming to America. Ah. So we're, we're in a world now of, like, shared universes, you know, with the Marvel movies, DC movies, you know, and... Years ago, in the 80s, Eddie Murphy's doing it. Whoa. These two movies crossed over. So we come cool. to America too, we could potentially also get Trading Places to Maybe. In, a, in some sort of... Bring back Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, why not? She's great in that. So that's it for our movie show. Please go subscribe and download this podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud and please leave us a review. It helps listeners just like you find the podcast. We're on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as That Film Stew Podcast. We also have our new website, thatfilmstewpodcast.com. Sounds like comics recently put out their latest episode, Looking at Titans. And Rewinding Review recently put out an episode looking back at Unbreakable from 2000. Speaking of Unbreakable, we've got a review for Glass, which we will be posting soon. And if you missed it, check out our special year-in-review episode looking at the best and worst of 2018. You've been listening to Luke and Jason, the guys from that film, Stu. See you soon.